as I was looking into the roguelike versus rogue light thing, I came across if you've ever heard of this, the, the Berlin interpretation. So, <laughs> oh, yes. a so I remember of... <laughs> back in my academic yeah. days, the Berlin interpretation. <laughs> Hi everyone, welcome to Glasshouse Games and our review show Reflections. I am Alex CG and I'm here with Alex P. Hey. And Sam. Hello. This week we're reflecting on Risk of Rain 2 from Hopu Games. I think I'm getting that right. I listened to a few interviews few interviews to see how that was pronounced. Uh, they've also released, obviously, the first Risk of Rain back, I believe, in 2013, and then uh, Deadbolt 2016, and Risk of Rain 2 has been in early access for quite some time, but the 1.0 release just happened, I think, on my birthday, actually, August 11th, Whoa, I think, what was a present. the, or what right around then. What a gift, personally, to me. So, if you haven't seen Reflections before, this is how it works. We've all played the game. We're going to talk about our individual experiences. Um, we, in the future, will include comments from viewers. We've had a, a bit of a hiatus, but that is normally what we do. There's obviously going to be some form of spoilers because we've all played extensively and we want to delve into the, you know, deeply into this game. I guess with this and game, it's a end, bit more like gameplay spoilers than anything Yeah, else, exactly. But... It's There's lore, but it's not as much important in this. Um, and at the end, we'll each give a verdict. Each panelist will give on a rating of love, like, dislike, hate, and okay. And then we will put that into uh, the Glasshouse algorithm and... We will come up with a verdict. So, uh, Risk of Rain 2, hotly anticipated. I think they said there were up to 3 million people on Steam playing it um, oh. when it was when it was released. So, it's up there with, what, Fall Guys now. <laughs> the I mean, they didn't ever give it away either. That's not, like, yeah. inflated. Um, at least that I yeah. remember. I know that there's probably... It's not an expensive game, per se, at least. Uh, yeah. But... So there's a few a few things we can do with this. So I did want to start a little bit with um, if either of you, what your experience was with the previous game in this series and maybe just roguelikes slash roguelites. There's a debate there uh, oh. in general. So have you played Risk of Rain 1, uh, Sam and Alex, and other just roguelike kind of experiences? Um, I played Risk of Rain 1, and also I grew mm. up in Scotland, which has the greatest Risk of Rain. <laughs> um <laughs> But sorry. I thought you were gonna say living in Scotland is like being in a rogue. I was like, wow, that is well. Also, that yeah, life expectancy. <laughs> um, no, we um, yeah, I played the first Risk of Rain. I didn't like. I didn't get like super into it. Like I liked it, but it, it was it was like it was like cool. Um, I feel like this one, what this 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 one, I got obsessed with, and I think well, this built like it's weird. Like it's basically they have very delicately taken the formula of that first game which was 2d and like side scrolling and stuff and transported it to 3d in a way that feels really like do you remember like when back in the day when like ps1 was it and it was like that transition from all these like side scrolling 2d platformers mm. to like 3d games and like the like rayman to rayman 2 and stuff and like them like okay how do we translate that this is what that felt like this felt like a throwback to like that kind of era of like okay, we need to figure out how to make this 2D thing 3D now, which I guess you don't get with indies because most indies, like, tend to, like, stick to their guns because, you know, budgets and stuff is, is hard. Like, um, so it's pretty cool, actually. I had a, I'm glad I played the first one because I think it made me appreciate what Risk of Rain 2 does so well. Yeah. Um, what about other, like, roguelikes and stuff? Um, I guess that's I've a played, really I've played, big barrel of games. Yeah, like, it? I've played a lot. Like, I mean... 
I mean, like, yeah, like, I've just played, like, every variation that exists of it, I guess. Like, and I guess it's sort of become, like, one of those genres that, like, isn't even really a genre now. It's just, like, a set of mechanics that have been absorbed. Yeah. I mean, like, you've got the um, Control Mind Delete, the super hot one. You've got, like, you've got classic stuff, like, like, in terms of, like, new wave of it, like, Rogue Legacy and stuff. You've got all that. That's, like, a whole spectrum. Those games have so little in common, really. Something like Rogue Legacy feels like a direct... (laughs) Uh, descendant of Rogue yeah. versus yeah other games that are just picking out those I mean, mechanics um, and you everything. You had that what Prey Moon Crash, which was like a, a like rogue like thing for like Prey. I mean like yeah like that that genre has like like yeah like if you and it, that, that's why I never when I review these games I never even mention Rogue like because like <laughs> it means nothing. Yeah, you could almost just even say cares. like run based or permadeath or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Like I think we'll we'll get into this in a moment. Let's hear from Alex yeah. what, what your experience is. Uh, I played. Um, Risk of Rain 1, um, I don't, my Steam counter, uh, has it under 10 hours or something, so it's a game that I didn't, like, deep dive into, but I definitely played, uh, an amount of over the course of the last, like, probably didn't get it on release, but five years or so. I double-checked my personal list, and it is at number 10 on the, on Game of the Year 2013. Whoa! (laughs) Uh, but I think 2013 might have been a pretty weak (laughs) <laughs> week year maybe i mean the last of us came out 2013 as did yeah but that's w- i mean there's more than there's more than one game that was good but you know you've got to have an ex- number 10 is not exactly um i bet top. i bet yeah i bet if i go back to 2013 a lot of good games came out so you you played a little bit of it any other roguelikes or rogue oh uh, yeah i mean it's, i think it's almost you... the same thing where there's that's such a big barrel where uh, there's now like paralysis of saying of listing off just like <laughs> Come on. every game. Top three, top, top three, three right now. Likes. We're not doing five, this. four, three, uh, two, one. Three <laughs> I would just I would be able to name three, but I wouldn't just even be able to name half the games them. that came out in the last yeah. ten years. I'll go then. I uh, <laughs> well, I played know. a lot of Risk of Rain one uh, on the Switch actually, uh, like a scrub, but it's fine. I'm I'm fine with that. I would prefer uh, it with my oh, friend because the actually, fuck you've got to do. On Risk of Rain 1, you've got to change the control scheme for it to not be so... Well, at least as yeah. far as my brain is wired. Like, where yeah. all of a sudden I have to go back to using the arrow keys for movement. And yeah, then, yeah. like, well, the, Sorry, the, just while we're talking about roguelikes and Switch, I would like to name drop one that I got. It was, like, one of the first games when I got... Because I got my Switch, Switch at the end of last year. Yeah. And um, and uh, I, have, I don't have a lot of games in Switch, but one of the games that I dropped on, because it was this little indie game I was looking forward to and then forgot about, and I was like, oh, it's on Switch on sale, is um, uh, Black Future 8. Um, 88. Yeah, Black Future 88, and it's like, um, it's like, you're in this doomed future, and it's like, it's, it's like synthy and stuff, and um, you play as these, like, kids that are just, like, doomed to die, and, like, that's it, like, that's the whole game, you've got, like, 30, you've got, like, a set amount of time to reach the top of this tower, and it's like, and it's, like, all about, like, futility, and, like, they can't even win, really, but it's just, well, fuck it, why not, <laughs> and it's just got, like, a really good, like, attitude about it, I really, um, so really enjoy l- it. So, let me give you my little background, I, I played a lot of Risk of Rain 1, like I said, with my friend back in the States, uh, I, I'm not super big on the lore, I know there's some people, they have this, like, Dark Souls thing, where they're like, oh, there's all this, if you actually pay attention to the items in the yeah. logbooks, there's this lore, but... In terms of the game mechanics itself, I mean, I played it to the point where I thought I broke it, you know, because we would we would get to runs where it was just, you know, walking around and everything's dying around you. I will say my history with this genre, I I remember, I feel like I woke up 
I went to sleep and woke up in the future because I remember when roguelikes were like Shiran the Wanderer was playing on the a ROM hack, you know, translation on my emulator of like turn-based, you know, you take turns and you go through these procedurally generated dungeons. And now what it is is these super intense bullet hell experiences, which I'm not necessarily against, but played a lot of the first one. When I first tried Risk of Rain 2, I actually also tried it on the Switch before 1.0, and I was really disoriented. I didn't know what was going on, and I was like, I don't know if I really trust this transition to 3D. However, I can say that since I've played it now properly, I, I actually think they did a really good job with it. So, um, yeah, that is that is some of our background there. I guess I wanted to check with either of you if you played it before the 1.0 as well, or did you have you just been playing it from 1.0? Um, yeah, I played it when it first came out. So, like, so it was cool, actually. And I didn't play it, like, in between. Like, I played it obsessively when it first came out. When did it first access? get in early access? 2016? It's no, no, been no. a while. Well, no, not 2016, like, but at least last, last year. a year ago. Oh, okay, sorry. Yeah, 2019. Um, but I played it, yeah, I probably played it pretty obsessively when it came out for like a month. Like, it was just like, <laughs> that was the game I was playing with my friends and stuff. And it was just like, great. Yeah. I just broke the game. Um, <laughs> and then and then I stopped playing it. So I hadn't I hadn't played with any, of the, I hadn't experienced any of the new characters or updates until um, 1.0. So it was mm -hmm. kind of nice, actually, when I jumped into 1.0. It was like this, like you know they'd like doubled all this content and stuff yeah um and just all the polish. i think that'll be an interesting thing with our critiques as well of like you know i read the developer diaries and some of what they were saying of what we wanted to introduce into this final 1.0 update besides that obviously they have the final boss yeah. and you know proper final level and you know expanded items and things was they talked a lot about player agency and trying to include more choices that made it feel like the players weren't just on for the ride um so things like the scrap uh mm. mechanic which I, I think we can get into in a bit um you know things like the scrap mechanic other items that they tweaked to try and make it feel that way i i will i am curious to see which one of us you know if that really clicked w with us but why don't we just get into the game itself what are your impressions I mean, what were your impressions booting into it I, I mean it's got a hell of an atmosphere really amazing soundtrack as far as i'm concerned which we can talk about as well um, but the levels do feel there's a bit of that lonely game, I think, feel to it with these vast, empty landscapes. But uh, what, yeah, what were your impressions? I just, do think just first this game is, for me at least, was a bit of a slow burner in a way. My first even couple or few hours, not few, a couple hours, I would say, certainly the first hour. Um, I mean, I wasn't just overwhelmed by like the market new 3D world, which I knew that it was going to be 3D. It wasn't like a surprise, uh, but I didn't play any of the early access. I just 1.0 came out and I, I jumped in, but I think it was the amount of like information noise, um, visual noise uh, and just damage noise. And like you said, like it turns in, it's like a new bullet hell kind of game. Um, and my brain was so like wired to dealing with these scrolling shmups um, and like how to deal with 2D visual information that, I felt like I was getting crossed wired, crossed wires when I was then trying to translate it into 3D space. And it was even just like, even just getting used to the fact that it's okay to get hit. Like it's okay that it, you take some hits, like just Contra runs too deep in my veins in a way, you know? Uh, I mean, and, to be fair, the original Risk of Rain, you, you know, you could, you could also get hit. Yeah, but not until, and stuff, well, so. not until later. Like you can lose in Risk of Rain 1 really quickly if you're just like not knowing what you're doing, I guess, in a way. Um, but I just have a natural Sounds inclination. like somebody's been playing on easy difficulty. Uh, <laughs> Pure monsoon over here in these parts. Uh, no, I mean, <laughs> I just kept thinking, like, when I first started and my inclination to not get hit, I was just thinking this is just like a 3D 
a third-person shooter version of Devil Daggers or something like that. Uh, okay. But then as soon as I learned to just, like, kind of let go and not worry so much about my, like, about my positioning and not getting hit and stuff and to just keep moving and keep dodging and rolling and, uh, like, uh, uh, avoiding and keep that pace up, um, things started to click in a way. Um, and it wasn't long before, like, it wasn't long before then that I had, yeah, a three-hour run on one character that just felt amazing because of the way that, almost because I was able to just let go in a way. I felt like, I got to a point where I felt like Cypher in the Matrix, where I was just seeing <laughs> lines of code, seeing, uh, you know, th where the enemies were, uh, were just kind of second nature and like what what abilities I was supposed to be using were just like flowing through my hands. And I think it, it almost is like that Tetris effect of like, you're not consciously thinking of how you're fighting. You're just going with the flow of the game. Uh, mm -hmm. And that's when it really started to like, to hit with me. Uh, I mean, in that run, I even only died by suiciding myself at the obelisk, um, which is like a hidden area where you can unlock a character. But it, it felt fitting, fitting at the time because it was like, 4 a.m. and I think I was maybe invincible <laughs> <laughs> at the time and I was just um hanging around downtown by myself <laughs> um uh, I was gonna ask Sam so how about how about your impressions um yeah I mean like I love the so I like I like the vibe of the first one but I never really got into it I found it like really difficult in a way that either I wasn't on board with at the time or I didn't feel it was as well done as this one but this one um just jumping in with pals and stuff i just like yeah like you say when it f first came to airless just for like a month i was obsessed like i just i love the look of it i love the music like the, the music is great like just just has a great vibe and it's just like it's just not complicated and it like and um and then you get into it and it's just like you're just there for the ride like you're just yeah. it's just like it's a ride. here's what you got here's what you got just fucking go like and yeah sometimes your runs end really short and it's nothing to do with you but it's like fine because that is it's not about like it's not about reaching the end it's like literally like the f the joy of like oh my god i've got these silly things and now this is happening like it's yeah it's like the moment to moment stuff of like just going along with that ride is what's fun about it i didn't yeah. i didn't feel like um it was like pushing to i mean you you do because like that's like but that, that feels like almost like secondary to the game for me like i didn't feel like oh i've got to get further i've got to get i didn't feel like that com the compulsion like that it was just like i just really enjoyed going for this and yeah you end up with mm -hmm. a run that's like a few hours long and you're like the fuck i've broken the game <laughs> but now. yeah it doesn't even matter at that point because you're still just on this ride like yeah, yeah, I, yeah, the levels start like... melting away like i had no idea how many levels i'd been on i didn't know if i was on level yeah. 20 or level 30 it didn't really matter you were just like mm. you were on that slip and slide that's at, a, that's at a 90 degree angle and you're just falling through it. Uh, so I think, I think an interesting thing to bring up here is, I mean, the game has been almost universally praised and I think already we could tell, I mean, I think between us, I, I like the game. I, I had a lot of fun with it. I was interested in just, just, you know, to be a contrarian a little bit, to read some of the detracting voices. And I think uh, I would be interested to hear again, your guys' experiences with this stuff, because I think, one of the one of the critiques that I think a lot of people who haven't played the game very much brought up was, well, it feels like there's a slow buildup at the beginning. And so a lot of the response to that was sort of, hey, well, what are you talking about? Stop playing on Drizzle. You get good, man, and play on Monsoon. But I have to say, I, I, I like a pointless, unnecessary challenge that make you feel like crap. 
And I did try a lot of runs. I was pretty much exclusively, I, I to be uh, full, you know, full transparency, I think I have about 18, maybe like close to 20 hours in this game. But I, I mean, most of that was failed monsoon runs, I gotta be honest. <laughs> and I will say, so there's an interesting thing. I, I mean, when thinking about other roguelikes, I, I, I fudged it a bit. I, I, uh, Seer, and the, Seer and the Wanderer isn't the last one I've played. I've actually played a lot of Dead Cells. I mean, Darkest Dungeon, it's a for, form of that. It's De- Devil thing... Dagger is a roguelike. Yeah, well, there's not any progression. It's you're just it's an arena shooter right. that, right. Uh, not an arena shooter. Like, it's a single-player <laughs> arena shooter, but you're right, basically, right, right. like, facing waves and waves of more intense and more numerous creatures, but it's a it's a one-hit and you're dead yeah. uh, thing. So, so this is what I was going to say, is the interesting difference, I think, that is brought up, which doesn't actually have to be a bad thing, but, there, but it is a difference between this kind of roguelite, as they call it, and other roguelike, roguelikes, whatever you want to call them, is in a game like Dead Cells, for example, uh, you know, there is the, there's this between the game between each run there's a kind of economy you're sort of building up things you're buying mm. equipment you're making each run better as you play the game and you do kind of do that in risk of rain too and there's the there's the bizarre and the lunar coins and mm. there's all kinds of stuff yeah in you're there. unlocking but there's definitely I mean, that's the other thing but there's you unlock items as you play like... right right and yeah but there's more of i guess my question to you guys is because i think because of my stubborn play style, <laughs> I, I didn't actually, and you know, it's just the vicissitudes of this kind of like trying to review games in a particular time period. I don't think I got as far as you guys did in terms of opening up characters, but I do think there is one thing of like, no matter how many items or expansions or power-ups you get, you know, your character's move set, you can unlock other loadouts, but essentially your move set throughout the entire run from beginning to finish is pretty much going to be the same. Yeah which isn't always the case if you're playing Binding of Isaac or you're playing Dead Cells or other games. It's definitely different than that. So I don't I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing, but it does mean that the gameplay loop, even with all the extra DPS and other things that you're doing, can be quite similar. So I'm I'm curious. I, I mean, Alex, you're saying that you didn't, that you were just I mean, I completely think that's part in the zone. The, no, 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 I mean, I, I agree. part of the charm, right? Like, I agree yeah. that this game uh, takes a while to get going. And honestly, if I was... Uh, and I'm not even on Drizzle, honestly. I think if you're, I only played a couple of games on Drizzle before I moved up to whatever the, what's the medium difficulty? Just, uh, just, uh, just rain. Rain. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, nice. Like I played through Drizzle to get used to the 3D whatever uh, bullet helmet. Mm. So, but once I got the grips with that, I moved up and started progressing on that. But uh, I think the. I might mean differently as far as how I think it takes a while to get going or my attachment to it than other reviewers uh, have noted, but. I do think that this game takes some, like, for my for me at all, I don't start really enjoying it until, like, post the maybe fifth level. Like, I'm having fun okay. with it, but, like, I'm going through those first five levels just as quickly as possible before I feel like I've unlocked some kind of build yeah. uh, where you're, like, where you feel like you're breaking the game. And it's not, like, yeah. even necessarily that you're breaking the game, but you've just created some new kind of build you said you know like yeah your moveset is exactly the same but how you're interacting with the world does change because maybe you've yeah. stacked a whole bunch of on hit items that blow up all the creatures around you in a specific nuke or something like that maybe you've like stacked a bunch of healing items so you are just wanting to stay almost as a as a human or alien turret or whatever mm-hmm. uh and i feel like that's kind of the the end game, and it's kind of the same end game from the original Risk of Rain that was like the next level, is the next level fun for me in playing these games. Yeah. Is like, is that drive, 
even subconsciously to kind of break the game where you're just like ravenously collecting yeah. items yeah. uh yeah. in some way it doesn't really at the beginning of those games you're like okay yeah this item is really good for my character for my for this character that i'm playing as but eventually like around level five or six it, you're just collecting items <laughs> because yeah, you've yeah, already yeah. you've already gotten your luck into the draw or whatever as far as what you're going to stack and then mm -hmm. that's fine but after that you're just like you're a fiend of <laughs> just an item fiend um sam how did you feel about the the, the loadouts and, and stuff did you feel you, in terms of that repetitive loop and i know you had more i loved when you brought in the, the was it the engineer in that oh yeah so i've got so i was like oh thank god we play together i have this build um where which is how i originally brought the game when i was playing early access where you get the your two you the engineer who can plant two turrets and there's the fungus that allows yeah. if you're standing still stationary they cr you create this little circle that heals and so if you stack your two turrets together they heal each other and then if you yeah. stand near them you heal and it's like this buff and then you can stack that and like you've got to like keep stacking it but if you keep it up like i remember like that's how we brought the game because you just get to a point where because your turrets and air health all your items so once mm -hmm. you've got the healing you like can just like take so much damage and then everything you get just uh, missile launchers fucking everything just stacks with those turrets and then you're just you i would Infinite literally heals. just come into a level plant the two turrets and just stand there and be like hey <laughs> it's nice it's good to be here and um I really, and I think, oh, excuse me, I think that's what I, I liked about Risk of Rain 2 is just, I think Risk of Rain 1, it felt like reaching the point where you were breaking the game was like, uh, was like, like pro player level shit. Like you need, really need to yeah. be good at that fucking game. Whereas, or doesn't play enough maybe, but yeah. I yeah. The same whereas like Risk of Rain 2, I felt like very quickly you started to see like absolutely absurd stuff and, um. Mm. I think that's what I like about it is that because it is repetitive, but that's the fun because it's it's almost like that those time loop games. It's like yeah, you go through more or less the same thing, but it's like trying it's like trying to find these new ways to break it and exploit it and like. Mm -hmm. I mean, that being when you said, play co-op, that like stacks up even more. I did watch a um, a playthrough just last night, not a full playthrough, but I just I'd never seen the final boss of the first Risk of Rain, so oh. I watched that and the the person who was beating the final boss was just standing still and all of their extra <laughs> items were just killing everything Amazing. on him hey, kind of thing. I would never say this in real life, but in this game, I mean, I love drones. You know, <laughs> quote me on that. I love my drones. I, like, li I, like I, I, I gotta say on those monsoon runs, it's incredibly... The, the thing I, I... I love the game, to be honest. I really like it. But I, I do struggle with... I, I think there's a, there's a loop where with at least with the monsoon runs I was trying, I did try some of the alternate game modes as well, but I felt like if you just got a bad roll and yeah. you couldn't find any chests, you're just, that's it. I kind of wish like if you increase the difficulty, they'd just throw you a bone, give you a <laughs> few more chests because you're going to be probably yeah. massacred anyway. The thing so about just the game, give you a though, bit more of a chance. It's not, but, it's not a game you plan at least. Like yeah, you yeah, can like course. think, yeah, these would be, these would make an ideal run, but they, I think how, you know, what Sam was saying before that it's like a ride and sometimes yeah. the ride is short, um, but it does like if you have a if you have a run of runs that of like ten deep where you don't get anything that specifically helps your character, just luck yeah. of the draw, that can feel a bit frustrating, uh, yeah. especially like at the beginning or whatever. But uh, I think that the more you try and plan out your game, whereas maybe necessary in Risk of Rain one, in this one, the more I try and plan out my run in Risk of Rain two, the f I feel like the less I'm having fun. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I will say there is there is the game knowledge sort of stuff. So I, one of the reasons 
complete vanity that I was trying to grind out the monsoon runs is because I wanted to come into this stream and say, guess who beat the game on monsoon, which obviously was a ridiculous goal. You still could but have done it. I we wouldn't have known. <laughs> hold, hold on. So the furthest I got, I actually repeatedly got to three levels deep, almost level four on monsoon. And one, so there is a thing of like, you, you do, you learn the mechanics more. And so that obviously makes the runs more smooth. So like, uh, I was on my best run. I was getting to the end of level three on Monster. I was like, oh, I've got a good build. I've got my healing drones. I've got good, you know, balance of things and shields and war banners. And then I just don't, you know, I'm stupid. I don't, I, and I haven't played Risk of Rain 1 in a long enough time that I was like, what's this like challenge of the mountain thing? I'll, I'll do that. And I clicked that. And then when I went to the teleporter, it, it was like four beetle queens or something spawned. And I was like, oh my God. So I ended up trying to fight them. I, I, um, I, I lost obviously, but the reason I lost was... It was a pure, it was like knowing the boss mechanics. Like I didn't realize yeah. how the little wasp creatures work. Or even so just kind of just letting Shrine them... of the Mountain did, right? I mean... Right, no, first the Shrine of the Mountain and then the wasp thing. So like there is an aspect of, you know, you learn the mechanics, you learn what the enemies do, oh, yeah, what's a better sure. choice, what's what's a good thing to I scrap. I think like when you're talking like about that, it, like yeah. roguelike and like that sort of career progression, I feel like that is the career progression with Risk Rain 2. It's just building up, knowing all these little things and knowing what items can do what. Like, yeah. like that, like the, 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 like the, the meta, the overarching game of Risk of Rain 2 happens up here, which is yeah. probably why I find it like so, I mean, because I, I think like, I mean, I think of like great games, the, the more of the game that exists up here, the more the game engages. She's pointing she, to her head, by the way. Yeah, I'm pointing listening. to my head, pointing, <laughs> tapping my skull here. You can hear that. That's my she's pointing to the head. sky. Um, this is a religious diatribe, guys. Um, no, I'm just kidding. She's awful not. Um, so like, <laughs> I think like the more the more of a game invites you to let that space exist in your head, like that's the games that just fucking that's the ones that like just get yeah. And I think like yeah, yeah and it doesn't have to be like mechanical. I think like you know um, like even narrative driven stuff. If they invite you to think about that world and that space, and it gets into your head, you know, you if you've, you've ever finished a game, you'd be like, God, I was thinking about that for days after. It's like mm. that kind of thing. And I think what I liked about Risk of Rain 2 is there's not like spreadsheets and spreadsheets and spreadsheets of all these mechanics and tools and you're not going to like, all, you're not, you're not I'm having to do Factorio these skill right now, trees <laughs> and you're not having to, because that, that's why like you, you brought up like Dead Cells and stuff and I was like, mm. I like that Risk of Rain 2 is so goddamn simple. Like there's loads of yeah. stuff, but it's not stuff you can plan or pick or choose. It's just like, it's in there. You pick a character, you pick maybe some skin, some load, that's it. You're done. You go away, go. And it's just, I loved how basic and bare bones it was in a way that and you talk about brought devil daggers which i also love um and that's very bare bones and i think for these kind of games these really intense games i feel like the less the less like stuff like the less noise yeah. the more i can just be like oh this is just fun and like risk of rain 2 has such a low barrier to like mm. for me like to just just getting into it and like you suck at it like and you like but that's fine like it's just like yeah. and i think especially when you play with friends like that that stacks really quickly that experience of like yeah we should talk a little bit about multiplayer but maybe a quick break sure yeah let's take a break we'll be back momentarily
Yeah, so one, one thing I did want to bring up, just something to keep in mind, uh, I thought was really interesting. I mean, we, we keep hitting on this theme of, uh, you know, the game is very accessible. It's very, you don't have to, there's a lot of tactical strategy in there where you're thinking about builds and loadouts, but it's not an incredibly complex thing with spreadsheets and, no front know, loaded, and all this like. stuff. Yeah, and I thought just, just to bring it up and to have, have that in mind as we keep discussing that, uh, as I was looking into the roguelike versus rogue light thing, I came across if you've ever heard of this, the, the Berlin interpretation. So, oh yes, yeah, so I remember of... <laughs> back in my academic yeah. days. The it's, the, it's like the, the Yalta conference or something. <laughs> so apparently, it was a group of rogue-like developers oh, who actually came together. I think for some conference or game jam it's thing like in Berlin, 95. and they did this thing. <laughs> this is kind of like the Council of Nicaea, to be honest. So they came to be like, we're going to determine doctrine here. And they came up with 15 elements that they consider to be crucial, high value factors and low value factors that are crucial to a thing being a roguelike. This is, this is very, very similar to, say, to how you get diagnosed for a it, mental illness. <laughs> so they say, they're very careful to say just because it doesn't have one of these things or does, doesn't necessarily yeah, determine a whether it is or you isn't. Know, just like borderline right, personality disorder. There's interesting, um, <laughs> so I'm just going to quickly read off some of these things. So in the high value factors, they have random environment generation, permadeath, uh, turn-based and grid-based, which clearly shows where they were thinking at the time, complexity, hack and slash, exploration and discovery. Low value factors are things like um, tactical challenge, dungeons, ASCII display. So they're, <laughs> they're going for a very orthodox interpretation with Rogue. The point is, I actually read a good article we can link as well from uh, this guy, Darren Gray, called Screw the Berlin Interpretation. But the point <laughs> I want to get at is there is something about whether, however useful you do or don't find the roguelike versus light distinction, there's something about this particular version of things which is geared more towards the procedural generation and the gameplay loop being a very fast turnaround and continuous, which I think lend, you know, lends itself towards the so-called light end of the spectrum, even though the game, I think, is quite uh, deep and complex. So I just wanted to bring that up because I think it'll... It kind of That's will kind of help people make a decision as well. Like if what you're looking for is a game that is more crunchy and more about the like deep, you know, thinking through each step mm -hmm. of things, maybe even turn-based, you might want something like a Darkest Dungeon over a Risk of Rain. Yeah, but, I mean, uh, Risk of Rain, Risk is, of Rain is clearly intense. A, yeah. It's a sure, like it's fast-paced, like it's not... Um, I mean, it's not it's not a sure it's not a twitchy thing in the way Devil Daggers is like there's not a, you don't need to be accurate. You don't need to like mm -hmm. respond like you were talking about. You take hits like you reach a point in risk of rain where it's more to do with what stuff you're sometimes you want to get hit. Yeah, <laughs> like, you know, yeah, bullets just be... bounce off you and you're just like shooting things and doing attacks like it's not like it's not a sure in, in that sense. It's just like it's very freewheeling um which i love and i think is why it's nice to sit and play in multiplayer because you can just sit with your friends and as intense as it gets and you you engage with that but it because your engagement you don't you don't have this precision there's no this you don't have to have this precision with it that it's kind mm. of even just nice and chill. Even when it gets really intense, it's just yeah. fun to sit and play. It's like, I don't know, it's not like... Although, interestingly, you have to be slightly more accurate than Risk of Rain 1, because Risk of Rain 1, you just face a direction. Yeah, and you, sure. You know, there's no, like, aiming system. Whereas in this, like, you have to actually... I think they compensate you know, you have, like, the Huntress. Those, in smart ways with the 3D, yeah. where, like, they get, like attacks have big area effects, and, like, mm -hmm. there's, like, some... There's a lot of auto-aiming, I feel. Yeah, like, they, exactly, they definitely yeah. are, like... The Huntress, they, they, like, think... They've definitely considered all that, which I think... I think one of the things that was was did impress me about this was they took. I mean, I think Risk of Rain Two is better than the first game, um, 
But I, what I liked about that was like they looked at that first game and when they were building this one, they're like, yeah, we're gonna do, we're not just gonna do more. We're literally gonna, you know, like try, you know, yeah. transport this to new and experience, you know, and what can we add to it? And I think 3D adds a lot because I think like Risk of Rain one, the exploration doesn't feel super engaging because those levels yeah. have to be procedurally generated. Yeah. You don't feel whereas in the 3D because of these big expanses and they go out in all these directions and they mm. do all these caves and stuff, and it and it feels you, you they they feel more distinct spaces like you know and yeah. I think um I just like I think what they the way they translated all that they just built something that like yeah. I've yeah I've played a lot of these like games like roguelikes and stuff but like I think Risk of Rain Two is one of my favorites ever I think there's something really like. Yeah just a lot of people are saying that as well and i can see why i mean it's it's a very bold move for a developer to not they could have just gone with yeah, more like of the same. Just, and honestly most people would probably have been yeah. fine with it but they i was reading that they were originally going to do 2.5d because they wanted to show the equipment on the characters but once they did the 2.5d they were sort of like should we just go I'm all glad the way like let's just I go all the way like, yeah and yeah, it's, i think it, by it, like it was yeah. mentioning earlier like, that ps1 era of like you know, like mm. taking something, and I think of these successful examples like Rayman Two or whatever, mm. and it was just like, yeah, like they they took yeah. something that like existed and they translated that experience in a way that didn't just it wasn't just a, a, a like replication. It was like, it it was literally yeah. like, oh, this is this is feels right, but as of yeah. new. I think like, it's interesting. Like, we talk a lot, and I say we more about not like us here now talking about we, we but like society. the the conversation around games. The royal. We, we live in a society. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we talk a lot about like lazy sequels and how often they're just boring or uninspired, and yeah. bl or bland. Um, despite even just sometimes being more of the same uh, from like the first game in the series, your whatever two is yeah. more of the same. So you should theoretically like it as much, but it almost never is that simple. And like, what feels like it'd be fine in principle, uh, it's so often unfulfilling. I mean, I can think of a lot of examples like. I don't know, Little, Little Big Planet 2, um, particularly for me, or Borderlands 2, even. Perfect oh, Dark Fallout Zero. 2. <laughs> um, Fallout 2. This, this is, I'm just I'm uh, I'm taking Dig five two. seconds These to are... just say, I really wish there was a new Perfect Dark game. Anyway, I'm done. <laughs> uh, no, that's yeah. fair. I mean, I love yeah. Perfect Dark 64. I mean... I kind of have a soft spot for Zero, <laughs> but this is not the time for, for that discussion. <laughs> I don't know so what it comes I, down I hear to. What you're I don't saying, know so what it comes down to, like, expectations yeah. or fatigue... Uh, or it even maybe exposes yeah. like an aging mechanic or something. But what's interesting is that in this game, this is exactly more of the same from the first game. The same feeling of play, though. Yeah. It's not the same game. It's the same mm -hmm. style, in a sense. Uh, a lot of the same mechanics, as far as the overarching mechanic of the difficulty mm -hmm. always uh, increasing. Same enemies and characters and, and moves. Obviously, those moves translate different to 3D space. But it feels like such a huge step. Uh, such a huge departure while still being the same. Yeah. And I mean, when for landing, like I talked about earlier, when landing in the pod in my first round, it was such an overwhelming and unexpected experience. But it felt so special that I was essentially playing the same game, but perfectly remade almost. It mm -hmm. felt more like a, yeah. uh, not even necessarily like a sequel per se, but Risk of Rain remade for 2020 or whatever. Yeah. And I was thinking like if Risk of yeah. Rain 2013, the first one, was like some 1987 game. This would be like the perfect remake or for a reboot of the series yeah. that everybody would have wanted and loved. Uh, and I mean, yeah, I don't mean that in any kind of 
like derogatory connotation as just a remake. Um, I mean, I can think of so many games from whatever the past decades in the late 80s, early 90s that I would have loved to see this kind of translation into 3D, um, not even from that period of you know the mid 90s where they were trying to make that jump, but like specifically what, I mean, Risk of Rain probably could have come out in 1988 as far as like the, uh, the vibe of it and everything. Um, I mean, just imagine, I don't know, like a 3D, a competent 3D Mega Man or Space Harrier or Kid Icarus or something like that, you know? Um, Are you saying you don't like Mega Man Legend? <laughs> um, All right, it is a different beast, though. It's a completely I mean, different beast. I mean, is there even like I, I get that. the short list of successfully transitioning 2D to 3D and retaining the same feeling, the same vibe feels very small. I mean, Mario like, 64. you know, Prince of Persia, Ninja Gaiden. Yeah. Those were successful, but those feel like very different games yeah. to me. Like, well, I think the example sure. I mentioned earlier, I think Rayman 2 is pretty good. Yeah, I mean, Metal Gear is maybe arguable. I think probably Mario is maybe the clearest. Yeah, Mario 64. Uh, I, gonna, I mean, that's like the. But, but I mean, but equal, equally, those well, are great yeah. examples of showing like you retain the the essence, but what 3D gives to that yeah. space and what it adds. Like, and I think Risk yeah. Marine 2 is very much in that mold yeah. of just like. Yeah, we take this feeling, but we expand it into this like whole new experience. Maybe elite. Do you guys? Before we move on to the next thing, do you guys have a favorite favorite item or favorite new uh, from which I wanted, character? Can I, can I, I, I want to talk about the characters actually because I love the, the okay, characters yeah, yeah, in this character. game. Um, <laughs> yeah. They're just they're all like really weird and quirky, like little designs. Um, and I haven't unlocked the alien that you've got. Um, the a crid. <laughs> um the the weird like <laughs> lizard. lizard yeah. yeah like they're great they just they just look the way they move and everything it's just like this is great i wish like, they were slightly faster gorillas can be fast i don't know <laughs> but like i think like a lot of the characters like are, is i think there's a real f in terms of the, the long-term progression unlocking characters is like really fun and i think because actually playing as a character so radically alters the game it's like it's really exciting when you get to unlock a new character yeah and and when you're playing co-op and you're all these different weird like people, it's like it's great. Like you say that, but I unlocked almost all of the characters in that single really long run wow. I had <laughs> that I obliterated myself. <laughs> well, some of us are not pros, you know. Well, it's just because it yeah. can build. Like God eventually, game. you'll end up in all the hidden areas that allow you to unlock so and so. And yeah. what's the um my favorite item in the game? The is it the mask? There's one that allows you to create ghosts of dead. There's a chance to create a ghost of a dead enemy that fights for you. Mm. And it gets yeah, yeah, yeah. so broken and so absurd, so very because you can get bosses and stuff that like run yeah. around with you, and it's like I love the great. companions. I love having the little like beetle rock yeah. companion drones, like every, anything that because it really makes the difference between you know being able to distract enemies. It gives you like necromancer all... vibes from from Agri from Diablo yeah. two. <laughs> <laughs> um, what about you, uh, Alex? Favorite character and or item? Uh, I know the you, thing is that I mean the captain. Everyone likes. I think the captain, that my favorite character is just... different than what I like and maybe best at. I, I don't have I, and maybe like getting because I really enjoyed. The, I had the most fun playing the most mobile characters. So like uh, the mercenary and huntress, because um, mm -hmm. uh, I just liked really jumping around and staying airborne for mm. a minute straight or something like that. But yeah. they, I feel like they're the hardest maybe to actually be good at and make a lot of progress yeah. on, or you're maybe really reliant on those first uh, item drops being specific for your build. Um, I mean, the really long run I made was with Captain, where I was basically invincible. And um, yeah. uh, But I, don't, I didn't necessarily... I had a lot of fun with that, 
Um, but I wouldn't say that Captain is my favorite. Like, my favorite to play is probably okay. Mercenary, but I'm oh. the worst at it. <laughs> the worst I, think, I think, like, I have a similar thing where I think the character I'm best at is the engineer with mm -hmm. the turrets. I think that's the one that I've just, I know how to bury a game with that. Yeah. But the mm -hmm. one I even, do, so all of the ones I've unlocked so far, the one I enjoy playing the most is probably the Artificer. Um, they just the way they they've just got like all the bases covered of like attacks and stuff, and yeah. I also like being able to fly around, especially because we were when we were playing. There was a bit where I got like knocked into the sky, <laughs> and like, but because you can like, and it, we sh I should have been dead, but because I could like hover, right, I was right, like, ah, right. oh, I can save this, yeah. and then it was like an advantage because I was so yeah. far above things, it was like great. Yeah. By the way, to everyone, we had a yeah. uh, little uh, glasshouse plays Let's session play. you can check out on the channel. It'll be linked in the description. Total disaster. What was your What was your favorite stuff? <laughs> uh, well, so I, like I said, it's it's a bit hard for me because I think you know, like I said, this is the kind of game that I mean, you could do a you could do a deeper review at twenty, forty, sixty, yeah. and a hundred hours with more and more. Reflections Eventually, you're starting to get into like tier lists goes. and all this. Mm. <laughs> yeah, tier house tier lists and everything. I think, <laughs> I think it's it's frustrating because I I played both on the Switch and the PC. So when I started playing on the PC, it was like I basically had to start mm. over. Um, I agree that I really, really like the engineer. I think just because I, between the games, I had to spend a lot of time like a scrub in the early game. I, I did get partial to the Huntress just because it First was like, you know, the, the auto aiming, the, the, the ability to do the zips, especially when you got secondary, like if I could get, um, to do the zip or the boomerang, if I could get multiples mm -hmm. of that, so I yeah, could do yeah. them multiple in a row, that is really satisfying to zip around the map. Um, and I think, yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think of the items, like, I know this sounds like really, again, really scrubby, but it's all about healing stuff. Even when I back, went back in the day when I played enemy territory, like Wolfenstein stuff, like I always gravitated towards medic kind of mm. roles. Yeah, so like, when like either doing the engineer, either doing the engineer thing and just like insane OP healing uh, pod, like turrets, or as, you know, just, just getting like a, a team of healing drones. I really like anything that is, you know, you heal as you shoot. You heal as you get damage. You get, uh, you know, heal random procs when you're in the teleporter fight, you know, the boss fight. All that stuff I really like. As far as, like, the individual abilities, yeah, I'd have to... I'm, I'm, I'm scrubby, so I'd have to I have to think about it a bit more because <laughs> I think a lot of those abilities were just sort I do... of... You know, it's about, it's about stacking. You know, that's yeah. the cool thing about this game is that you can get, like, 10 war banners and then you're just in this, you know, in your little zone, <laughs> you know, Shit fighting item. it. Uh, <laughs> that's bottom yeah. tier well this oh. as you can see i've played a lot of the early game uh, as you can see i mean i um, feel like I, there was one thing i wish i wish that the loadouts that those were not things that you had to unlock because agreed. Uh, some of them agreed. are really like that's you have to spend a lot of time with just that character to get that one alternative loadout yeah. uh and i wish that i was just able to experiment and play with all of them from the get-go like i get their achievements but just make them achievements maybe or make them all uh, give me like yeah. six different costumes that I can wear, uh, outfits, whatever you, yeah. you want to play, in so I can play fashion, risk of rain, or whatever. Uh, but like, yeah. I wanted, I want all of those loadouts unlocked immediately, so I can just like, so then I don't have to de devote ten hours just as one character, so that I could potentially maybe find a new build that I might have fun with. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it felt a little yeah. bit like I did find that that was f again. This is like one of those. You know, a lot of the responses is just get good, mm -hmm. but I do find that there's a. It, the it's all about the economy thing, you know, and, and just personally, I, I really like this game, but I, I do prefer the Dead Cells kind of style where I feel like I'm making very specific advances and mm. progress in my yeah. builds versus a game where it's just like, I mean, you know, it's different strokes. Like, I think a lot of people love this game. I do like it. 
you have a complete right to love it to death. But I think for me, the idea, it's just all about how much work you want to put in. I mean, I'm one to talk. I play friggin', I was playing Romancing Saga, the first one on this Famicom, Super Famicom. And it's like, it's the, the, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) it's just, it's plotting. It's so plotting. And most people would be like, why are you doing this? It's too, it's too plotting. And so I don't want to put effort into it. And I completely understand that, but I love the game. So I want to play it. I feel like that for this, where I'm kind of like, the multiplayer, amazing. We we should briefly bring up the mods. I think one of the coolest mods that I really want to try, maybe in a future <clears throat> Let's Play we could try, is the item sharing mod. Ooh. So it's it's kind of like Stardew Valley, where you can you can choose how you want to do it in a very granular way, but you can do any item that gets picked up, everyone gets it, but then the rarer items get. So like there's certain mm-hmm. tiers, you can make it so that only individual people get it. So it, it's just a different kind of experience. But um, my point is the unlocking stuff, maybe it's just the, it's the curse of having had to start over with the game again. But I did kind of wish, like I wanted to see more of the game, what it had to offer without feeling like I had to grind so much for it. But I also accept that's partially just the nature of like us having to shoot this video. And I, I, you know, I'll give the game more time or even just I like it. that we have to play and a lot of games and like this isn't the one game, yeah, the only no, game that we're going to be playing for the next three months. I think or... that's what I, I think that's what I liked yeah, about it when you yeah. were talking about like, um, you know, like I, I get what you're saying, but I think I, I think what I liked was that there was no um, like sort of like really demanding progression, like. Like, I liked that I, yeah. I went back to this. Like, I was obsessed when it first came out, and then I stopped playing until 1.0, and I've gone back in, and it's like, mm. it doesn't even matter that I've not, like, it, it just doesn't fucking matter. You just jump yeah, in, sure. and you're having a time. Like, I really like that lack of, like... I know, like, I think um I think you're right. Maybe it's a little grilling with some of the, the loadout stuff, but um but I yeah. think, uh, like, d- like, Dead Cells and stuff, like, I can, I can sort of get into those, those games, but I find that, like... I don't know. Like, I think at that point when you're demanding that level of investment from me, it's like, I don't want a roguelike. I want like a story or something. Mm. I think like with this kind of sure, game, it's sure. like, nah, just let me in, have a right. And I think Risk of Rain is like the f- <laughs> like one of the few that's really gotten under my skin. And like, yeah. I just really enjoy mm. this. Like, and specifically, this isn't a Dead Cells reflection, but like Dead Cells, uh, I, in a way, bounced off of that game for the first like even five yeah. hours of it. No, but I mean, at first, I eventually got really into yeah. it. But I think and we yeah. talked about like slow, slow, slowly building into the game and Dead Cells. It took me, yeah, many play, many play really? trying to play it. And then I mean, until I, I like until I eventually until it clicked, I guess, for me, which felt like a much further yeah. way down the progression versus like a couple of hours with Risk of Rain 2 mm-hmm. when I was like feeling yeah. it. The, the thing I, I like about that kind of one is the ability you know every time you're playing you're changing it's not just even in between even in individual runs you're constantly changing your loadout you're changing the weapons you're changing what you're using and so there's a kind of like vitality to it and a feeling like mm-hmm. I'll, I'll find something else like whereas it, it's all about the buffs in risk of rain too which is it's cool but it just it's there's a lot of passive abilities you know that, that you're gaining that help you but it's slightly different from getting like I have a whole new weapon that does something completely different than what I had before. That does happen as you get further in the difficulty yeah. and further in the levels. But um, but yeah, anyway, it's it's mostly different strokes kind of thing. Really quickly before I want to move on to the next bit, did you did you guys experiment with A, with alternate game modes? And uh, did you find like the Lunar Coins and the Bizarre stuff? Did you find that in terms of giving you more control, I suppose? I did play, well, did we that, played multiplayer, which I guess in a way is alternative game mode. Uh, I did want to mention, yeah. though, something really frustrating about the multiplayer. While it's it's super fun when you have friends who all have it and are wanting to play, 
it's near impossible yeah. to just jump into a multiplayer game that's well, you can't do it in a game that's already in session. Like in the lobbies and stuff, right, once right. a game is started, locked in, you can't join it uh, like midway, which in, I mean, mechanically wouldn't make sense, but like maybe they had figured out some way to just give you a percentage of items of everybody's items just so you could start playing um, yeah. or somebody and they could lock off like maybe people don't want people joining, yeah. but if it's a public thing. So there's literally, yeah. it's just completely luck if you're able to load up all those lobbies and they're in a specific situation yeah. that you can still join that game before it's locked in. Uh, I was never able to play multiplayer that with just like randos. I had to, the only time I was able to actually play was with you lot. You can, I don't even know why they still show them because you can, all you can do is observe and it's kind of frustrating. And I think the more mm. frustrating bit is why is there no local co-op in this game? <laughs> because it yeah. is honestly would have been so perfect. It's the perfect case uh, example for, for local yeah. co-op, and it kind of feels like there's no excuse for it. I mean, Activision... Well, but let's, let's say this. Well, I mean, this game, what they, it's 1.0, but... Making games is hard, and I will give it to developers like, that. It's not like the Activision thing where they trot out, like, oh, the impossibility of rendering particles from multiple different perspectives. That's not really, like, the case in a pared down i mean i like the visual style of this but it's not in the same like taxi well i mean it's, it's can, I make, can i say this that that i think the 1.0 is kind of a misnomer and i think this is something that has come out even for people who love mm -hmm. the game legitimately that i mean there's still stuff missing you know? yeah there's there's logbook entries that are missing even the final level feels it's interesting it's cool but like there's problems with movement you know like i got through there on, a, on an easy difficulty obviously because my monsoon runs were tanked every time <laughs> but uh you know if, if you don't have the right movement yeah. stuff you're just kind of screwed so like there is i have a feeling 1.0 sure. was yeah. they were hitting some deadline and they said we're going to release this game it seems like the devs are similar to i can't remember the name of the company but like the dead cells devs where they really care about yeah. the game and they care about the community and they're very communicative with the community so i have a feeling that there's going to be a lot of i mean look at stardew valley yeah. you know obviously different genre but like now if you just buy that now there's multiplayer yeah. Uh, but for a long time, that it had to be hacked yeah. in. You know, it was a mod. I do want to believe so that. So I think there's there's potential in in things to be added and yeah. expanded. In, I do want to believe that Hopper was above, like especially the the cynical reality that you know sometimes devs and publishers want people buying multiple copies specifically for for a multiplayer no, um, that you have to play then from a different computer and all that. I think the game got really big. And just from reading developer diaries and watching interviews, I think the game got bigger than they expected it to. And so this is what's kind of kept it mm. there. They've they're been filling in so many details and adding features and stuff that there's this big picture stuff that they still qu haven't quite got to. And I have a feeling we're going to keep seeing yeah. more, more updates. So. More, um, even Dead Cells, like I, I keep using that as an example, they just released another major like update they're CG? releasing. I actually don't remember, but I might like Dead Cells. It might, might be my Witcher, to be honest. <laughs> no, not quite. But uh, anyway, so I, I just wanted to point that out. Um, I did want to bring up, we, we mentioned the music. I watched uh, an interview with Chris Christodoulou. I think he pronounces it. Uh, he's the composer. Um, I just wanted to give him a shout out, really, because it it's such a great atmosphere. I know it, it was significantly improved for the 1.0 release. And I, we can link the interview as well in the comments or in the description. He talked a lot about his influences. Um, you can hear a lot of the kind of like prog 70s rock kind yeah. of stuff there's synth things in there he did specifically name lucas arts uh grim fandango the dig these kinds of things as inspirations uh hitman 2 was in there there's a great thing he said that i thought was just like 
can we just plaster this somewhere? <laughs> they, they asked him uh, in the interview, what advice do you have to budding composers? And his advice was stop listening to video game music. Yes. Uh, and yes. he described it as there's an event horizon of video game music that we are, you know, that everything moves towards mm -hmm. and you end up with a uniform I sound. Think, um, where, so he was kind of like, if you, if you like Journey, don't, don't be like, I want to make music like yeah. Journey. Like look into the influences, yeah, look at where exactly. that comes from. Because that introduces new life and new diversity think, um, into the kinds of forms. I think that's broader yeah. meaning for, I think that's not just applic applicable to video game music. Yeah. Video game, everything, aesthetics, everything. Yeah. I think video yeah. games... We've talked about this before. In yeah, like... I think video games are a point where we're reaching this nexus. I mean, what was that that game, Black Myth Wukong? The, yeah. So they've just announced, there's this, this game that's been announced, which is like this... Um, Monkey King. Adaptation of um, Journey to the West, yeah. Monkey. And... Um, yeah, and it, and immediately as soon as it started, I was like, "Oh, it's like Dark Souls," and it's just, it's just <laughs> frustrating reaching this point where there is this like, there like it's not every single game, but there's a lot of games where it's like you just feel like this is a game that was influenced by other games. It doesn't feel mm. like I mean I remember. Um, it's funny you go Halo back into into the nineties, uh, like the mid nineties, and every single game that was in first person was then. Oh, this is like Doom. Yeah, <laughs> and um, but Halo. Yeah, um, yeah. I remember <laughs> Halo Miyazaki talking about um, uh, about anime, and he said like he. I mean, I think it was maybe a bit harsh, but he was like, anime is fucking garbage because it's just influenced by other anime. It just cannibalizes other anime mm. and. And it's that same mm -hmm. thing that I see in video games a lot. I mean, it, it definitely applies to music. Like, yeah, how many, how many, which, which yeah. is interesting because I always find like when a video game doesn't do that, how easily it punches through the, yeah, like, for sure. the, like, the, yeah. the atmosphere and people like, are like, whoa, like, like and Journey, like, yeah. or, I mean, or there's, a, I mean, if a couple of ex examples realistically, I mean, even like hit, uh, Hotline <laughs> Miami or Ape Out and yeah, like, this kind of, th where they have, where they actually just, they hired musicians who like are not video yeah. game musicians, not video yeah. game soundtrack yeah. people. They're, they're just real, like, I that's mean, what a they a do. I mean, Ape Out being a, a, yeah. a great example of yeah. like, of not just like finding influence outside of the game, but alone and like, but internalizing that and make it part of the identity yeah. of the game, you know? I think, I don't know how you lot feel, uh, but if there's one thing that i would say is an arguable it's not really a downgrade but that feels not as strong it is the audio in risk of rain 2 versus 1 and i don't mean like just the soundtrack you mean i the mean sound effects. well i just mean the whole package i guess uh and mm -hmm. it's definitely not to say that the that the sound designer or music in risk of rain 2 is bad by any means um i think it's just that in the first it feels so good and i think it might have something to do with that there just being so much less information to process on all your other senses um everything on the screen like it's just a super minimalistic 2d right and the audio design felt very focused on like my so much of my attention mm -hmm. goes to the audio design in risk of rain one that i'm so much more mentally aware mm -hmm. of it and caught in contrast to the stark minimalism uh of the visuals um versus mm -hmm. in two like it's all sort of on the same level uh mm -hmm. as far as like my attention so mm -hmm. Like, when I think of Risk of Rain 1, even, like, going back to my notes that I took five years ago whenever I played it, like, I, it's, like, it's all about the audio. Uh, and when I went back and played it, I'm like, yeah, fuck, this audio design is amazing. And I think, but I, it's not, they're not so different between 1 and 2. I think it's the same with composers It's really, like, well. you know, it, it is. Yeah. Uh, it's the focus. Yeah. Um, I mean, in Risk of Rain 2, the visuals are so busy and the sound design feels like, uh, um, 
it's it's still there but like all of the sound effects honestly i ended up turning down the sound effects so that i could pump those those tunes <laughs> up in the mix Probably, but like the difference yeah. almost feels like john carpenter stuff in the 70s or 80s where everything in the audio is so essential in those in that early period versus like his excess of the 90s uh i'm just like all everything all the time <laughs> um but yeah i mean chris chris uh that's some dope tunes i mean it's almost like this surreal yeah. cinematic top gun metal <laughs> that's uh well and I, yeah and i like i mean i like in the early levels the kind of really more space rocky kind of ambient stuff and then as it ramps up you know level to level i think it's i think it's the kind of thing that you could because it has real world influences you know it it's the kind of thing that you could listen to you know yeah. Oh yeah, actually, that's a point. Um, you could just put it on the, the background. It came out, I think it's out in Spotify now. Um, because okay. that happened because I was like really excited because yeah, those are some good jams. Like, there was one level that went really yeah. hard on the sort of like improv synth thing, <laughs> uh, and I was yeah. bang into that. Oh yeah, there were some Spotify. I there were some tracks. If you ever have heard of the uh, German sort of like he crossed the uh, synth early synth and rock like a art rock movement uh michael rother he did the, the menu music i swear to god i actually i want to ask chris 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 i'm like have you listened to michael rother because it's these like very simple kind of uh guitar riffs but like spaced out into you know yeah. endless reverberations and stuff it's really it's mentioned stuff. like the spotify thing um, i was actually is i was almost surprised when i was looking i was looking for soundtrack stuff earlier this week for this game and just surprised to find that the game music uh, the music from this game is on the artist's channel, which it's like that's almost never the case for uh, for it's, other game it's music. Yeah. Great it's great though. Like I, I think this, I think the way the music is is done sort of speaks to the general vibe of Risk of Ten Two being this. Like I've talked about, like you just zone out and you just go with the flow, and the soundtrack is a really good mm -hmm. complement to that because the soundtrack is not this like pulsing thing that is driving the pace of the game. It's just it's it's like so yeah. the, the the music is almost inviting you to like slow down, just like. It's fine. Everything's mm. fine. Just like, just enjoy it. Like, You're just being shot at from a million angles. It's, it's cool. Fine. Don't worry about it. This is this is fine. <laughs> I w I'm going to say one thing before we probably move to to Final wrap thoughts, this yeah. up is I I will say that I do think that even regular video game music is real music, Alex. Because <laughs> <laughs> you were like, you know, real yeah, musicians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Like, I hold up, no hold up there. Hold up there. No disrespect. No disrespect. Uh, no disrespect. No, no, no. I get what you're saying. And I, anyway, there's. I'll link the interview. It's a very, it's a, quite a long one. It's a really great interview with Chris Christodoulou that he talks about all this stuff and his influences and stuff. Um, yeah. So we've. I think we've covered a lot of what I wanted to talk about. Um, I maybe think a, probably the last element that we. Maybe sorry. A quick break before we get to final thought. The, yeah, that is actually a very good idea. Let's take a quick break. Uh, talked about quite a few aspects of this game um to me it sounds like we are ready probably to start wrapping up um do you guys have any final critiques or uh, anything you wanted to bring i think up i wanted to talk a little we... bit about we've mentioned uh here and there you know bits about like lore dropped 
Um, and right. as maybe like one of the drivers in the back of your mind. Um, and for me, it's not so much about the lore, but like the bits of esoteric flavor in the game mm, setting. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I mean, maybe I just, at the point of my favorite was is probably the final boss. I don't know if y'all got to experience it, but uh, Myth- even just Myth- the name yeah. of the final boss, uh, Mithrix, the king of nothing. <laughs> it just like, it has that, just the right hint of, of, of lore and story behind it that can uh, build up and you're fighting him on the moon. The whole level actually leading up, um, yeah. leading up to him feels peaceful uh, and stark in a way aside Aside from like the dope distant guitar solo <laughs> that's that's just screaming in the background, uh, but everything is so sparse and gray uh, and lifeless. Um, you're, it takes place on the moon of the planet that you had uh, yeah. landed on. There's only a few enemies um, spotting the pathway that you're going up to it, but you feel like something is coming. Something big mm-hmm. is uh, is going to happen. Something. I mean, you've been fighting all of these like colossal monsters as bosses um and uh mm. and mix of bullet hell just through the through the level and all of a sudden everything is stark and quiet and peaceful mm-hmm. uh and then uh the final boss you reach his lair and uh mithrix is a humanoid uh, like not so much bigger than your playable character itself and for some reason when you first see him that makes him almost all the more fearsome it's almost like i got flashbacks to uh, like all of a sudden the game is Dark Souls and I'm fighting Artorias or <laughs> whatever, you know, like uh, fighting through in those games where you're fighting all these monsters, creatures. And I, all think of even, sudden, I think even I think even more episodes is in Bloodborne where you like you're fighting yeah. all those monsters and then suddenly there's another hunter and suddenly yeah, it's like, yeah, oh exactly. shit, they can do what I can do. Kind of uh, thing. And, in, and Mithrix mm. is fast. Uh, yeah. They're not like some bumbling creature that, you know, you can just fought, nuke or whatever with all your special abilities. Mm. And it's also, I think, the only phased battle um mm. yeah because there's the different uh, forms of in the game yeah. um and this is a i really like this boss fight it's a really it's a really memorable mm-hmm. one i guess as far as boss fights but i do think that i don't want to say they dropped the ball but the final phase of uh this is maybe mm-hmm. gameplay spoilers uh the final phase of the boss um uh he steals all of your items uh which yeah. feels like conceptually you know it is conceptually really cool um you're finally back to you square back one slowly, in right? like one epic last mono e mono square off all of yeah. Metal Gear Solid or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, but in reality, the way that it plays out uh, feels like lacking it a bit um, because you start getting mm. your items back immediately, like almost immediately. Um, and then also at the final stage, Mithrix is no longer like he's it. I don't know what it is. It's wounded. Um, well, I guess it's the king, right? Mm. So he's wounded. Uh, and um kind of neutered in a way and is really like he's only got one attack uh that is really easy to avoid so it's not this it doesn't feel as epic as it should be as far as like one last test of metal am i actually as good as i was to get here and beat this final boss could i have done it without Mm -hmm. any of my items um like was it the items that made me powerful enough to get here was it my Mm -hmm. skill it uh it just it falls at that last hurdle i guess and it it could have been this really cool reflection at that point um but it goes by so fast and effortlessly that it just feels like it lost a little bit of sheen i still really like the boss fight but yeah i feel like it could have been though because i have a feeling it's gonna it's gonna be expanded because i've seen a lot of they have to fix the movement aspect because it just (laughs) makes certain builds impossible to 
to use in the final I think um, one thing I will but, add, um, though, is, like, yeah. I think the Risk Rain 2 just has so much character, and it yeah. does it does the thing that a lot yeah. of video games have the, the, the pronoun game thing of, like, uh, like Destiny is a prime example of uh, the pyramid of xylophones or something and it's just the, and it just but it like in destiny's <laughs> case <laughs> and like in destiny's, that's what she has named in that game but in destiny's case all of it is like so vague and so uncharacterful where it literally is just like you know like you'll meet someone and they're called like the banished or something and you're like oh they were mm. banished i guess yeah. whereas like i feel like um <laughs> I feel like it's it's so broad, whereas I feel like Risk Rain 2 does all that kind of stuff, that sci-fi, but it does it, like, all that stuff is, like, really characterful. Like, yeah, the king of nothing mm. is not just, like, it's not, like, the king of, you know, fucking moon spaces or something. He's not got some silly name. <laughs> the king of nothing means something ex- extremely direct. Like, yeah. it's like, whoa. Well, you're also, if, if I'm not wrong, from what I remember of Risk of Rain 1 lore, I mean, you're you're kind of the bad guy, aren't you? Sure, I mean, like, you're, you're, you're just crash-landed onto planet. a planet and eviscerated. <laughs> genocide well, and, but there's this whole lore, there's this thing of like you're called survivors yeah. right of this thing and, and the planet is reacting to you and there's the whole i mean it's been a while but like the providence thing in the first game and just there's there's a sense from what i can understand that there was humanity or whatever you are has visited these planets before and that tried to do something that didn't quite work out and that whatever it is created this hostility with the the native you know aliens that we see in this mm-hmm. planet and you're just there. I mean, you're just like committing horrible <laughs> genocide, basically. It's the Metroid but thing there's something, all over again. Yeah, yeah. So I think that there's there's something there's something there. If that's your jam, there is more beneath the surface to scratch and discover. Yeah. I think the more patches they add, we'll, we'll I think see a lot more of that stuff that works though is like. Uh, I think what I yeah. like about it is it's not like story. It's not like a Wikipedia you have to ingest. It's more yeah. just like flavor. Yeah. Like if you just pay attention to a couple of snippets, you get you probably get as much as someone who actually knows all yeah. that stuff. I think it's really good at just conveying yeah. the vibe and the tone and the character. Yeah. Like you and don't go need back, to know. It's not necessary to enjoy the game. Okay, so it sounds like we are probably getting around to a verdict time for real. So we should probably all go around. I don't know who wants to start giving your verdict on the love, like, dislike, uh, hate, and okay, is it? I'll go. And then we will put that together into our algorithm. Um, Sam? Yeah, I, um, this game is just joy. It's just like, it's just. It's a very Sparks easy joy. game to recommend where I'm just like to almost anyone, like I feel like especially if you can play with people. Um if you can play with friends, it's like it, it's just like I think it has a really good thing of being engaging where you it's compulsive and you're just you're just like, Yeah, I'm just I just want to zone out in the space and just keep going along for the ride. But it's also like not so intense that it's actually frustrating. I've never been frustrated with this game. Like mm. I've died a lot and just been like bad luck. Like, you know, like you'll get like you'll be doing great and then suddenly some random enemy suddenly can do like ten thousand damage and wipe you in one shot <laughs> and and it's not like what the fuck? You don't get pissed off. It's just you just laugh, like I think that the game just has this really good-natured vibe about it that I think is very mm. rare in games, especially games of this this ilk. Um, so yeah, I think for me it's a like. I think. Um, Ooh, okay. Um, Interesting. I almost thought, thought you were gonna say love. You know what? Okay. Actually, yeah, I'd love what? it. <laughs> nah, <laughs> nah, you're you're right. I was just like, you know what? I do kind of love this game. Fucking love. <laughs> There's definitely sure. something it's like, like a- addicting. 
to this game, but it feels very intrinsic to how fun the game is. Yeah, it, doesn't, it doesn't feel like you're being placed on a treadmill yeah, against your will. Compare, or the, yeah, compared yeah. to like the just the data tested, developed, time gapped, dopamine hit, whatever yeah, that yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. that a lot of mechanics or like mobile games and stuff like that use. Triple A or even Animal you Crossing. Could argue games <laughs> Fuck it, days. love. Um, yeah, I mean, I really <laughs> like this game, and. I can't really think of what there could have been more to do. I mean, aside from some of those like mm. mechanic stuff uh, mm. that we talked about, or like having local co-op and all that stuff uh, in Rough Edges here, but I can't really think of more to do that they could have done to push me into a love. Uh, but I just don't quite think it gets there in a way. I mean, I'm in that way. I'm like, really? I really like this game, you? but I'm just not like. <laughs> what do you mean, me? <laughs> I did. You just seemed like this is like your. This is like this love letter to this. Yeah, but I think you can. You, I think you can uh, really enjoy something, but it doesn't necessarily push you. Yeah, to that yeah. I mean, it's almost like yeah, it feels fair. like an, a content essay of what makes a game worth a love. <laughs> you know, <laughs> in my. Uh, well, for me, it's like for me, it's like emotional connection. Like, what's yeah. the? Yeah. And actually, yeah. like this isn't usually what I go for when I talk about games that I love. I usually talk about like almost like emotional intensity. I want like re to be moved. Mm. Yeah. And I think in a way I was moved, but just moved to a place that I'm not usually like taking note of, which right. is actually this is just sheer joy yeah. and you know fun. Like, yeah. It's a game I'm sure I'm going to revisit every once in a while for a mm. long time to come until yeah. Risk of Rain 3 VR or whatever. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, it doesn't just it doesn't have life. any other context that you have to dive mm -hmm. in or convoluted lore yeah. or story that you yeah. need to worry about wrapping your head around. It's just a third-person shooter rendition of vibes. <laughs> and I'm into that, you know? Uh, okay, so you're a, you're yeah. a like. You're a like. Uh, yeah, so with me, I think there's a few things. One is it's definitely... This is about what kind of gamer I am. I think this is an amazing game, clearly. I think I, I tend to like these days just because of the, where my life is at and time and the rest of it. Roguelike games, even though like back in the day, I was kind of like, this is the cool genre. Like nobody knows about, like, you know, Sheer and the Wanderer. Like nobody's playing that. This is the cool stuff. Nowadays, I find it, I really want to have a game I feel like I can complete that has like a linear thing. Mm, yeah, yeah. Even if it's an open game or whatever, I want to be able to like to compartmentalize it. into your brain as an experience. Somehow, because there's something about the game kind of hanging over me. And, and this is the thing. This is not a flaw necessarily of the game. It's just where I'm at that a game like this, I feel like in the right time of your life can be such a great thing. You know, if this is like your jam for a month or two where you just keep coming back, you keep grinding it out, finding new things, delving deeper, it can be so rewarding because it's just there's so much there. I, I struggle with those kinds of games now because even, even Dead Cells, I've played a lot of Dead Cells, but I can't even hold a candle to the content in that game. And that kind of stresses me out a little bit. So that having said that, um, I, I do really like the game. I think there's so much going for it i mean i, I i'm clearly going to play more of it i think we should play more of yeah. it because there's there, we're, i think we're going to see more content as well i think if i had a critique which i've i've decided isn't purely a scrub critique it is that there is d depending on how you and i think mods might actually help this they might they might actually change this to a love because i think i'm at a like right now is i do think there is a there's a kind of there's a bit of randomness with especially on the higher difficulties with with the beginning mm. and Maybe I'm missing something. Maybe if I if I invest enough in the no, meta I mean, even when we were playing and coins and even stuff, when we were playing know, can... ourselves, there was a time where I was killed right off the bat uh, from because there's no there's no <laughs> invincibility mean... frames for acrid. So when it just yeah. launches down on the pod, uh, if there's a 
baddie there, you're dead because you yeah. can't move, you can't do anything, you can't fight back. I, I don't even mean that. I actually specifically, like, I mean, like, chest placement and stuff, you know? Like, I can't tell you how many times I booted into a run and I was just wandering for, like, five minutes, you know? And, and I'm like, well, it's already, the difficulty's already in, gone from easy yeah. to medium. I'm, I'm already screwed. And I've basically, I have a lot of money and there's, like, you know, sure. just uh, 3D printers everywhere. You know, it's just, it's silly stuff that I think could easily be solved with some probably a bit more intelligence on my side and maybe investing in like the meta mechanics, but also just some gameplay balancing things or because I found, maybe... it, I found it a bit tedious to get a new run started yeah. when I was going to say like, you know what, cause maybe you would just suicide there and restart a new run, but then that's also just like, that's yeah, six, no, five, I suppose. five yeah. six, seven minutes of your time wasted because yeah, it's of, true. of randomness. It's true. So it's, it goes both I, ways. I just found that the, the rainstorm level, which Kit reminded me of, thank you. It's uh drizzle rainstorm monsoon rainstorm as the medium level. It's, it's the, a good way to play the game but like I, there were times where i almost felt like if i got too lucky i felt too op too early so i kind of wanted a bit more of that challenge but i don't know if i was rewarded for that but then again i might be missing something tell us in the comments if i am so i am gonna say like i think it's a it's really a great game um i think if you're into rogue light slash likes it's could easily be one of the best for you so that final I verdict that puts us at a glass house like glass house like that makes sense so uh that is a like from us um if you have thoughts i suppose you can send us an email at can you remind me alex P? community at glasshouse.games community, community at glasshouse.games you can tweet at ghg show um we're also doing a lot of rebooting of stuff so keep your eyes peeled for uh the website we have a patreon now so there's going to be a lot of ways for you to engage in the coming days. Um, we look forward to, I look forward to hearing you tell me why I'm wrong about this game. Uh, I want to thank everyone uh, here, Sam and Alex. Do you have social media that you want to share? Uh, yeah, I'm Any at Sam M. Greer. You can see me tweeting just nonsense. If you want to get at me, you can just go out into the woods and scream into the, into the abyss. And, and, and <laughs> Alex the, will thank you. To the king of nothing. Yeah, I want to thank Kit as well uh, for just oh, being basically being the best. There is one just last guest we forgot to mention, um, and thank you for sitting yeah. through us this whole time. Was, I, don't know. Uh, I don't know if he's on cam. Can we get Tom Nook on cam? Um, <laughs> oh, is Tom Nook here? Tom, Tom Nook joined us um, today. Um, <laughs> oh, snap. It's on, it's on Sam's camera. You fucked it. Hello, Tom Nook. Get out of my... Risk of Rain review, Tom Nook. He'll be back. Go take your greedy landlord business. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Else. Let's, whoa, um, don't denigrate this this upstanding member of the community here. <laughs> Interest-free I also want to thank, I want to thank Dan Parks for the music as well. And yeah, we will have another reflection soon. Keeping out for the Let's Play. I hope we'll do more than one as I get better at this game. And yeah, we will see you soon. Thanks, guys. Bye.